0: This is CPX number 88, Matrimony Part 1. This is the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 106 to 107, question and answer 1 through 7. God give you his peace. In nomine Patrice Sophidie, spiritus Santi, Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who are present everywhere and filling all things, Treasure of all good and Source of all life, come dwell on us, cleanse us, and save us. You who are all good, Amen. In nomine Patrice Sophidie, spiritus Santi, Amen. Number one, what is the sacrament of matrimony? Answer, matrimony is a sacrament instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ, which gives a holy and indissoluble union between a man and a woman and gives them grace to love one another holily and to bring up their children as Christians. Number two, by whom was matrimony instituted? Matrimony was instituted by God himself in the garden of paradise, and was raised to the dignity of a sacrament by Jesus Christ in the new law. Number three, has the sacrament of matrimony any special signification? Answer, the sacrament of matrimony signifies the indissoluble union of Jesus Christ with the church, his spouse, our holy mother. Number four, why do we say that the bond of marriage is indissoluble? Answer, we say that the bond of marriage is indissoluble, or that it cannot be dissolved except by the death of either husband or wife, because God so ordained from the beginning... And so Jesus Christ our Lord solemnly proclaimed. Number five, can the contract be separated from the sacrament in Christian marriage? Answer, no. In marriage among Christians, the contract cannot be separated from the sacrament because for Christians, marriage is nothing else than the natural contract itself raised by Jesus Christ to the dignity of a sacrament. Number six, among Christians, then, there can be no true marriage that is not a sacrament. Answer Among Christians, there can be no true marriage that is not a sacrament. Number seven, what effects does the sacrament of matrimony produce? Answer, the sacrament of matrimony, one, gives an increase of sanctifying grace, and two, gives a special grace for the faithful to discharge all the duties of the married state. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Okay, just a couple quick notes here. I'm now on Telegram. You can follow me on that. It's a little social media platform. And also, I want to let you know, I do do low masses for my benefactors, material and spiritual benefactors, and for their family, friends, deceased, and their intentions. Those of you texting me prayer intentions, sometimes I do name those in the Roman canon, sometimes not, but keep texting the, uh, the prayer requests. And again, sometimes I can offer mass, sometimes not for those, but I always say in the Roman canon, for all of my benefactors, spiritual and material. And then just a quick note on today, there's nothing graphic today that kids probably can't listen to. There might be some sensitive or maybe boring information, boring information on annulments because we're going to look at why this whole teaching of the church's indissolubility of marriage has really been thrown by the wayside by most Catholics today. So again, nothing graphic for kids. It just might be a little bit boring because we're going to look at number six today, just number six, which again said, among Christians, then there can be no true marriage that is not a sacrament. And the Pope answered Among Christians, there can be no true marriage that is not a sacrament. Okay, now me, Father David, next. I want to give you three different levels of marriage, for lack of a better term. There's three different levels of marriage that Catholics need to be aware of. And I don't know a better term than level, so you'll kind of get what I'm saying as you listen a little bit further. So the first is civil. What is a civil marriage? A civil marriage is any union recognized by the state. Now, besides a man and a woman, unfortunately, many countries recognize alternative marriages, so to speak. You know what I mean by that. But it gets wackier than that. In some Western countries, you can marry an animal. You can even marry yourself. Of course, we have to realize as Catholics, even if this is recognized by a neo-pagan state, such bonds are neither natural nor sacramental if they're not based in a man marrying a woman. So in this sense, some civil weddings constitute no marriage at all. Absolutely no marriage at all in God's eyes. But in man's eyes, some of these weddings constitute a civil marriage, meaning the state recognizes them, but God does not. So the first level of marriage, so to speak, is civil. And some of these are genuine and real, and some of these are not. But the first level is civil. Second level of marriage is natural. Now, this could be a Catholic man marrying a Catholic woman. We're going to see in a minute that's also sacramental. But the church also recognizes at the natural level of marriage, say a Jewish man marrying a Jewish woman or a say a Muslim man marrying a Muslim woman, these are natural but not sacramental. We're going to see why in a minute. These are seen by the church as generally indissoluble, but because such a bond is not sacramental, the church can dissolve them via either a Pauline, privilege or a Petrine privilege. I can't remember the difference between those two and I was going to Google them and give a whole explanation on this, but you guys can go Google those. They're very interesting in canon law, very fascinating, it goes all the way back to the Bible. The Pauline privilege and the Petrine privilege. And then the third of these is the sacramental marriage. This is the highest level, so to speak, I know that's kind of a corny term, the highest level of marriage is sacramental marriage. and This is a bond formed exclusively by two baptized people. A sacramental marriage is also civil, usually, and it's also natural. Um, as we heard today, the only thing that breaks a sacramental marriage is death. Otherwise, it's invincible. Now, why is such a bond invincible except through death? The answer is beautiful because the love of Christ to his spouse, the church, is invincible. So we have civil, natural, and sacramental. And if you are two baptized people married, and you didn't get married with any impediments like getting married on a beach without a dispensation or previously married or whatever else like that, then your marriage is civil, natural, and sacramental. Again, sacramental is the highest of these because it's two baptized people. Now, all marriage, especially sacramental marriage, reflects Christ's love of his church. Marriage ends only at death. Where? And this is really neat where Christ's love of his church perdures through death, hence the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ forever. But this is why Jesus says in Luke 20, the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy to attain to that age neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die anymore if they are angelic and are sons of God being sons of the resurrection. Okay, but since the bond of Christ to his church is not to ever be broken, this is the great scandal of all these tribunals. Tribunals is the arm of the chancer, which is part of a Catholic diocese that hands out all these annulments, or technically the term is a declaration of nullity. They hand these declarations of nullity out like candy, and really this does nothing short of mocking the love of Christ to his church. Now, sometimes these are fine, but you know, when Pope St. Pius X wrote this, there was three a year, not in his diocese, not in Italy. <laughs> In all of the world, there was three annulments a year happening when, when he wrote this. Okay, what is a declaration of nullity? A declaration of nullity is an annulment, and it has become practically, if not doctrinally, tantamount to a Catholic divorce. This is a great scandal. Now, there's people out there who are validly annulled. I don't mean to say all this to scare you, but... I want to give a little bit of the other side of the coin that there's a lot of people there's a lot of newly married people that all of a sudden have some sufferings they look around they see how easy it is to get an annulment they ask their friends and their friends say well we never had a sacramental marriage in the first place and then they start to really wonder even these newly married people who got married without any psychological impediments did I really get married the right way well there was a article recently by john clark in the national catholic register i usually don't quote the national catholic register but john clark wrote a great article called never stop buying her flowers which i will link i'm just going to read you one paragraph from this and this really ties into this whole question of is my is my marriage valid and he says The invalid marriage obsession is an extremely common one among committed Christians with OCD. Annulment brochures can feed that obsession. This might explain why, until relatively recently, canonical books concerning annulment were not primarily intended for an audience of lay persons. Just to allay some fears of readers here, it is relatively easy for a man and a woman to validly marry. Of all seven sacraments, matrimony is certainly one of the easiest to confect. In extreme circumstances, canon law concedes that it is not even absolutely required that a priest be present for the sacrament to take place. To use a classic example, if stranded on a tropical island, a single baptized man and a single baptized woman may freely consent to marry each other even without a priest. They may also baptize their own children, the fruits of that marriage, in those same tropical waters. Turns out, says John, God, the author of matrimony, loves marriage, and he has already provided for such circumstances." End quote. So you know, now me, back to me, Father David Nix. My advice to 20-year-olds on finding a spouse, spouse, by the way, um, who you hope to never get annulment with, it's really based somewhere between these two book bookends. The first is, you only got one chance to find a spouse to get you and your kids to heaven, or at least to accompany, only Jesus can get us to heaven, but to accompany you there. You only got one chance to find a good spouse. But then I also knew an Australian priest who used to say to young women, stop looking for St. Joseph because you're not the Blessed Virgin Mary. But because kids are usually more hasty than perfectionistic, my advice really falls on that first bookend. You only got one chance to find a spouse to get your kids to heaven. So find a strong future spouse who takes the Catholic faith seriously and preferably has no major addictions. You know, the Catholic Church used to be the last game in town standing against divorce amongst Christians. Protestantism is directly linked to polygamy, as seen in the writings of Martin Luther. He literally and his friends, the other clergy of the Lutherans, gave the green light to polygamy. So Protestants are disqualified from this debate. How about the Orthodox? This is going to seem like a little bit of a weird diversion to look at the Russian Orthodox churches. But the OCA, this is not ROCOR. this is OCA. This is what it says on the OCA website. Quote, the Orthodox Church recognizes the sanctity of marriage and sees it as a lifelong commitment. However, there are certain circumstances in which it becomes evident that there is no love or commitment in a relationship. While the Church stands opposed to divorce, the Church, in its concern for the salvation of its people, does permit divorced individuals to marry a second and even a third time. The order, that means the right, R-I-T-E, the order of the second or third marriage is somewhat different than that celebrated as a first marriage, and it bears a penitential character. Second or third marriages are performed by economy, that is, out of concern for the spiritual well-being of the parties involved, and as an exception to the rule, so to speak, end quote. Did you notice that? Penitential marriages. Uh, so the Eastern Orthodox Church, notice that's not also, that's not the same as the Eastern Catholic Churches. If you want to listen to the difference, listen to my CPX on that. But what I, why I bring up the Orthodox is this. Listen closely here. Doctrinally, the Catholic Church stands closer to Matthew 19 on the indissolubility of marriage than the Orthodox Churches. But practically, here's the thing, practically we fail much more than the Russian Orthodox by the tribunals because we grant declarations of nullity to nearly everyone who petitions. This is why I was talking earlier about how easy it is to affect the bond of marriage. You don't have to be, say, you know, the parents of St. Therese to make a valid marriage. If neither of you are addicted to crack and you both said yes on that day of marriage freely, then it's a valid marriage. I did do a podcast on annulments, but let me just finish up a couple points on annulments. A declaration is not efficacious or infallible. It's just the best guess of a tribunal. Again, the tribunal is the canon law arm of a chancery, and the chancery is kind of the central nervous system of a diocese. Many tribunals do not favor the bond. What does that mean, favor the bond? It means we assume someone who said yes at the altar and consummated the marriage at night is validly married unless there is significant proof one of them didn't have freedom as they approached the altar or Consiguinity, which means your cousins. There's a few different exceptions, but basically, not basically, directly the canon law, code of canon law 1060 says, marriage possesses the favor of law. Therefore, in case of doubt, the validity of a marriage must be upheld until the contrary is proven. That right there shows that we favor the bond. When we look at if two people are married, we favor the bond. You know, I think what would pope saint Pius x look down from heaven and think of most my cpx's um i i'd like to think i'm saying what he would approve of i think if he were alive today not looking down from heaven if he were alive today and had a time machine to hear this cpx he'd be like what in the world are you talking about why in the world are you talking about an annulment that happens three times a year the world over in the entire catholic church well he knows from heaven the trouble we're in now but if 100 years ago he had had a time machine to watch the cpx he would have been very confused because he simply saw and knew that the only thing that can break marriage is death death of one of the two spouses there was no trouble with tribunals handing out declarations of nullity like candy now you could say we're all so poorly formed maybe people truly are not affecting the bond of marriage because family life is so broken, catechesis is so broken, maybe people aren't affecting the bond of marriage. But this is why, again, I want you to go read that article. Never stop buying your flowers, that NCR link that I will link in the show notes. Please say, An Our Father for me. Et benedictio de me patentis, patris affiliate, spiritu descendit supervos, et maniat semper. Amen.